Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. We talk to today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest, discussing seeding, COVID-19, and markets. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association hosts a morning session with three livestock producers and highlight the impact of COVID-19 on their operation. Real Agriculture looks at the canola market with Neil Townsend. A new survey discusses farm safety and we take an in-depth look at cattle markets. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. And Canadian Hail Agencies, providing you hail insurance for 25 years. Contact your broker today to see why Canadian hail adjusters are voted the best in the industry. A farmer from Kipling is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest. Kevin Zepic farms about 4,000 acres and says seeding should wrap up within a week. Pretty good. We're about uh, three quarters done now. So how many, how many more days till you're finished up? I'm guessing four or five. Get any rain last night? Uh, we had some high winds and probably only got about half a tenth of rain, so not a lot. It uh, looked like it went more north of us. How do you describe soil moisture right now? Our soil moisture is uh, excellent right now, if, if not on the wet side, but that's that's good. Stuff's uh, germinating and growing well with the heat and the moisture. So, Did you finish harvest this spring or last fall? Uh, we fortunately finished last fall. And how was your harvest? It was actually really good dragged out because of the moisture, but uh, we finally got her done. So that's farming. It's stressful at times. What are you seeding this spring? What are you putting in? Uh, we've got peas, wheat, canola, oats, and flax. Any changes this spring, or is that your usual rotation? Uh, no, that's pretty much our usual, usual rotation. What impact has COVID-19, if any, had on your farm? As being on the farm, it hasn't really affected us near as much as some people. Dealing with our suppliers, of course, there's distancing measures, and things are somewhat different there. But other than that, it's pretty much business as usual out here. What are your thoughts on markets this spring as you uh, try to wrap up spring seeding? Markets have been down. Um, Canola's been taking a hit for well over a year now because of the trade issue with China, which doesn't seem to be getting resolved too quickly. But other than that, we can't complain about about them. They could always be better, but they could be worse too. Kevin Zepic farms at Kipling, about 150 kilometers southeast of Regina. He is today's winner in the 620 CKRM Country Cookout Contest with a free meal from Peg's Kitchen and other treats. The Canadian Cattlemen's Association held a special presentation this morning on feeding the future and the impact of COVID-19 on young cattle producers. Producers from Alberta, Ontario and Nova Scotia highlighted the uncertainty and the backup of cattle at processing plants because of COVID-19. Kendra and Brian Donnelly are part of a large family farm and ranching operation near Acme, Alberta. She's worried about the impact of COVID-19 on her family ranch, farm and feedlot operation. COVID-19, however, has added a new element to our business. 
farming and ranching is already highly risky. Many things we can't control, and now to add COVID to the mix worries me, especially now as a mother and looking at the future of farming and ranching for my son. I would consider myself the next generation farmer and rancher, but COVID may wipe my generation out of this business. We may lose an entire generation due to COVID-19 because of the losses we may face as we try to sell our, our cattle. Alberta and Canada rely on family farms and ranches to provide food to Canadians. And I would like Canadians to know that we love providing that food security and high quality products on grocery store shelves. But to face these financially devastating times, it may not be worth taking that risk any longer. The rural communities rely on agriculture. The country simply can't afford losing the next generation family farms and ranches in these communities. We also can't afford losing an entire industry to this pandemic. But this is what we are faced with as we work through COVID devastation on the family farm and ranch. I think sometimes, especially now as a mother and even as a rancher and farmer, take for granted the food on our grocery store shelves. As a young farmer and rancher, I still am optimistic that food security will become Canada's priority as we look to the future after COVID-19. COVID-19, however, is shining light on how big, how important, and how complex our food supply chain really is. And many countries make this their priority. Food comes first. My hope is Canadians look to food security as a priority, so we continue to innovate and become global leaders in this. We have the resources to do it. We're actually very lucky. We have the land, water, and energy. Now we just need to make it priority as a country to be global leaders in growing and providing high-quality, sustainable food for Canadians. Kendra Donnelly of Acme, Alberta, was part of a presentation today by the Canadian Cattlemen's Association. Nova Scotia cattle producer Jeff Larkin also expressed concern about the market uncertainty caused by COVID-19. And I kind of fear what's going to happen with, with COVID. Um, as young farmers and ranchers, we, we can't take the hits. We can't take the fluctuations. We have higher debt load. There's a lot of things that we can't take without proper programs or proper uh, tools. And uh, without them, I kind of fear what will happen because once this generation's gone, it's going to be awful hard to get them back. I mean, cattle graze a lot of marginal grounds. A lot of food comes out of the, the ground that you can't, uh, you can't grow vegetables, you can't grow high productive crops, but you can grow cattle. And to lose that infrastructure, I think, would be a major blow to, to our industry and, and to the country as well in terms of uh, food sustainability. The presentation from the Canadian Cattlemen's Association highlighted the impact of COVID-19 on the cattle industry across Canada. Back in a moment. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your Real Agriculture Update brought to you by the Mind Your Farm Business podcast. Stay on top of farm management issues year-round at mindyourfarmbusiness.com. Joining us right now to talk about the Ag Commodity Complex, it is Neil Townsend. He is the Chief Market Analyst at FarmLake Marketing Solutions based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Let's start off with canola, Neil. One of the biggest debates is actually, I don't think it's actually acres. It's what's actually the carryout in canola. We had a bit of a, an adjustment last week by Stats Can. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I think you make a great point. I think like one of the things that's just 
There's no benchmark really out there for a canola supply and demand balance. And the level of confidence, not just on like, you know, what's 2019, 20 going to end up at, but what was 2018, 19? What was 2017, 18? And, you know, it sort of starts with the production number for all those years where, I mean, I think if you were to go and ask a lot of people in the industry, there would be doubts about different production numbers kind of going back, you know, a, a fair ways like the last four or five years. And we're not talking about huge differences. Nobody's talking about a million tons or two million tons, but, you know, three or 400,000 tons each year add up. And for example, FarmLink, we have a 400,000 ton uh, higher production in 2019-20 than uh, Statistics Canada. And we keep, you know, iterating our numbers and trying to find a rationale to get it down as low as uh, Stats Canada has, but we can't do it. But yes, they cut ending stocks by 1.2 million tons in the, you know, in the principal field crops report. And, uh, you know, now it's 2.6 million tons. And if that were a benchmark akin to sort of like a USDA benchmark, the market would have reacted like, you know, quite favorably to that because people would be saying like, well, you know, that, that's a small, tight number. Now weather is going to be a critical issue in 2020, 21. It's always a, a big issue, but I mean, you know, if, if it falters and we lose three or four bushels an acre because of a drought or something like that, you know, the ending stocks would get very, very tight for 2020, 21. Yeah, you make a good point. You know, the last couple of harvests have provided a lot of adversity. Yeah, there was a lot of concern from some growers about the canola, even in the on the 19 crop, you know, the canola that overwintered and didn't get harvest. It sounds like the story has been fairly good in terms of some of the quality of it. Some of this is pretty easy, or sorry, not easy. It's difficult to sort of sort out and provide some clarity on, on numbers like, like the carryout. You know, if I look at new crop for 2020, we've been kind of trading in this sort of narrow band as of late, Neil, this month in May, you know, basically between 470 and 480. Growers, of course, want to see a break to the upside with increased demand. What are What is sort of your sentiment right now from a FarmLink perspective when you do the analysis of the canola market? We're pretty neutral. And I mean, why are we neutral? I would say we're neutral because of uh, uncertainty. And, uh, you know, uncertainty in this case is different than volatility. We don't actually see the market being that volatile. But the uncertainty is, you know, what will China do? Uh, you know, where will European Union exports be next year? Uh, you know, uh, again, uh, like, very favorable export number in March from Statistics Canada for China. Is that going to be followed through on? I mean, you know, again, if you pencil in China for 1.5 million tons or 2.5 million tons, I mean, both are within the realm of possibility. And then you throw in just all of the macro, you know, geopolitical concerns like the Huawei CFO Meng and, and the extradition hearing. And, and, you know, there's going to be some sort of announcement tomorrow about the double criminality. You know, I just, it, it's hard to get a grasp on, on what would be plausible for the canola supply and demand balance. And, and that's why, like, if somebody says, you know, exports are going to be 10 million tons next year, or somebody says they're going to be 9 million tons next year. I mean, both numbers are within the realm of possibility and, and, you know, an argument can be had on those numbers. Practical question here, Neil. BC Supreme Court says you're free to go back to China. We see a a rally in canola. Is that a, is that an opportunity to maybe make some sales? Yes. And, and again, like it goes back to the uncertainty principle on canola because, you know, you, myself, Richardson, 
Cargill, all these people, like people in the know, cannot give a definitive, in my opinion, a definitive S&D for canola because there is an element of doubt. If she goes, we see, you know, some sort of rally in canola. And at that point, I would advise farmers to make another sale for new crop. And I'd also make the, advise them to make a, like a final sale for old crop if that were to occur. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Whether you're out in the barns or working in the fields, you can stay on top of farm management issues with the Mind Your Farm Business Podcast. We talk about human resources. We can attract the right candidates, and that doesn't have to come at a high cost. We cover succession planning. It doesn't matter if the next generation is ready if the senior generation isn't. We talk about financial management. Number one, profits is your kingdom. Number two, cash is your king. You can find all episodes of the Mind Your Farm Business podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or mindyourfarmbusiness.com. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Get ready for seeding with New Holland equipment from Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast Partly cloudy today, wind west 50, gusting to 70, the high 20, the low 6. Tomorrow, sunny, wind northwest 30, gusting to 50, the high 19, the low 6. Friday, cloudy sky, the high 18, the low 7. Saturday, sunny, the high 22, the low 12. Sunday, sunny, windy with a high 29. Cloudy periods at night, Sunday with 30% chance of showers, the low 14. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 28, the low 12. Tuesday, a mix of sun and cloud with a high 27. Normal high is 21 degrees. For this date, the normal low is plus 6. The sun rose at 4.56 this morning, and it sets at 8.55 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot this hour is Estevan at 19. The cold spot, Collins Bay up north at minus 1. Estevan once again 19, Saskatoon is 15, Swift Current 16, Weyburn 18, Yorkton is 17 degrees. In Regina with partly cloudy skies, it's 17, that's 63 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 50, gusting to 64. Humidity is 31%, the barometer rising 101.4. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 18 degrees. Winds are from the west-northwest at 44, gusting to 68. Once again, Regina partly cloudy and 17, that's 63 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and SMHI, operated by farmers for farmers, online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca. A new survey suggests farmers need to do more to prevent serious farm accidents. The executive director of the Canadian Agriculture Safety Association, Marcel Harkalt, says a new farm survey shows 72% of producers have had a serious accident or close call. However, he says the increased awareness of the dangers of farming does not reflect in steps to develop an organized safety plan. We've been working with Farm Credit Canada, Canada on their vision panel. We've done a survey in 2008, 11, 16, and now 20. Just trying to see exactly what are the barriers uh, that prevent farmers from having safety implemented on their farm and uh, whether, you know, if they're doing safety stuff, why are they doing it? Just to, to understand what's happening at the farm level. 
And what did your survey find? Well, so the good news, I guess, is that the awareness of the importance of safety is rising. So farmers are aware of the hazards that are around their farm, and uh, they're they're aware of what they could do to improve it. The bad news is that even though they might have gotten hurt on the farm or 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 they're aware of the safety hazards, they don't seem to be doing anything about it. So your survey is suggesting farmers have a close call. They need to do more, but they aren't doing it. Is that right? Well, that that was the interesting part because, you know, you'd think if you've had a close call, then you're more likely to do something about it. Like normally if you slip on something, you remove the banana peel or whatever. But uh, the survey, the way it came back from the farmers is that if they've had a close call, they're not more likely to do anything different than if they haven't had a close call, which is um, it's just hard to understand. So how do you increase awareness that it's time to do something? Well, they're they're very aware. So that that I think we're we're doing well on. And when we're trying to find motivators, pretty well everybody said they'd do something to protect their family. So it didn't matter the young or old or middle aged, um, that was most important to them. And if they were making changes on their farm, safety related, it would be to keep their family safe. And then it kind of diverges. Uh, some, the older farmers are more likely to do something uh, related to personal safety. And then the boomers are actually more interested in the safety of guests and other people, like, you know, down the hierarchy. So, um, but very, like, very definitely safety of the family. That's the prime motivator. It's not regulations. It's not government uh, inspectors. It's the safety of their family. You suggest a farm safety plan. Just what is that? So in in most regulated workplaces, uh, a business will have a safety plan, a safety plan for its its employees and for the tasks, so that you know before somebody starts a task, there'll be you know a checklist or something, and that's in most workplaces that's the way it happens. So we were looking to see how does that work with farmers and. Uh, about, I think, 15% of farmers had a safety plan, a written one, you know, with documentation, and then the, another portion had, they they called it an unwritten safety plan. So to me, that's just rules. Don't touch that, do that. And um, they all thought that was something that would help, but just because they thought it would help make their farm safer didn't really mean they were going to do it. The most dangerous times on the farm, harvest and seeding? Well, and that's when you look at the fatalities, uh, most of the fatalities are related to farm equipment. When do you use, when is the equipment out on the on the field? Mostly in spring and fall, and that's where most of the people are. So not a big surprise, and that, that has stayed pretty constant. Marcel Harcault is the executive director of the Canadian Agriculture Safety Association. Back in a moment. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Digelman Industries. Look to Digelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business, call 782-5999. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed this past week. Provincial cattle specialist Leah Clark says slaughter capacity is increasing despite the COVID-19 outbreak. This week brought limited volumes of feeder cattle traded in Saskatchewan over the week, resulting in not enough data to report in many of the categories. However, feeder steer prices were mixed over the week, with the six to 700 pound category holding steady at $207 per hundred weight. 
The 7 to 800 pound category lost $1.38 per hundred weight compared to the last week. And the 800 to 900 pound feeder, feeder steers increased $3.42 per hundred weight to average $174.17 per hundred weight. Saskatchewan feeder heifer prices for the 4 to 500 pound heifers experienced a reduction of 33 cents per hundred weight while the 800-pound-plus feeder heifer category increased $3.50 per hundred weight compared to the previous week. What were these factors behind these changes? We have limited movement, so limited reporting, but we are seeing movement, and that's a good thing in the whole supply chain here in Western Canada. What were marketings? Campfax reported a total of 3,632 head of cattle sold in Saskatchewan this week. This is down over 5,000 from the previous week, um, and just a bit less than 4,326 had marketed the same time last year. We're going to see these marketings ramp down now through the summer. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? The prices of live, non-fed cattle in Alberta were similar compared to the previous week on a limited volume. The price of D2 slaughter cows increased $1.27 per hundredweight to average $79.56 per hundredweight. The price of D3 slaughter cows increased $1.31 per hundredweight to average $69.56 per hundredweight. The average price of live steers in Alberta was $148.07 per hundredweight. This was up over $26 from the previous week. What U.S. factors are influencing the market? We're just we're seeing slaughter capacity in both. Canada and the U.S. continually increase. In Canada, there was speculation that we wouldn't get to 80% slaughter capacity in the West here until midsummer, and it looks like we're getting there. Uh, so just good news all around, and the backlogs will now start moving. Leah Clark compiles the weekly market report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Market update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia, and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola rose 20 cents at 432.58. Oats fell $3.35 at 257.31. Yellow peas dropped two dollars at two eighty three eighty nine. Number one red spring wheat declined thirty eight cents at two hundred twenty dollars and forty four cents. The rest were all unchanged. Durham two sixty six thirty nine. Feed barley one ninety three seventy one. Flax six twenty nine seventy nine. Lentils six twenty two fifty. Feed wheat one eighty two seventy. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, July spring wheat fell one and three quarter cents at five sixteen and a bushel. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Slamps Integratire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integratire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Hartland Livestock Mark Report for Wednesday, May the 27th. A very good run here today, 950 in the short, with uh, 250 cows and bulls, a total of 1,200 for the day. Cows and bulls selling pretty much steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 74 to 84, sales to 85, 86. 
D3 cows 64 to 74. Cows are averaging 79.50. Good bulls 110 to 120. Sales to 127, 128. The bulls are averaging 122. On to the pre-sort sale. This sale is selling higher to a very aggressive demand. Listen up, all you producers. Some highlights on the steer side. 400-pound black steers, 250. 500-pound red black exotic steers at 240. 575-pound steers, 234. 650-pound steers, 224. My favorite pen, 700-pound red Angus steers, 204. 800-pound steers, 192. 850-pound steers, 175, and 950-pound steers at 156. On to the heifers, 500-pound heifers, 212. 550s, 201. 650-pound heifers, $2. 725-pound tan heifers, 179. 850-pound heifers, 166. 925-pound heifers at 155. June, the third sale, which is next week, will be a pre-sort sale. Also on Friday, June the 5th, cow-calf pair sale, 35 pairs booked for that sale. Also five purebred Angus bulls for sale, semen tested. Last Friday, we had a sheep-lamb-goat sale, and what a sale that was. Only 300 head, but what we had sold very strong. Listen up. 60 to 70-pound wool lambs, 225 to 246. 80 to 90-pound wool lambs, 220 to 230. Had a pen of 95-pound lambs, topped out at 236. The call use, 120 to 135. Nanny goats, $240 to $260 a piece. Some kid goats, $185 to $247 a piece. We had 44 bow kid goats, kid goats weighing 67 pounds. They topped out at $208 a piece. Everyone who sold sheep, lamb, goats on Friday did really well. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Stay safe, everyone. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 7,500 hogs Tuesday, selling a range of 162 to 194 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,300 head, selling a range of 160 to 192 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are selling in the range of 20 to 26 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is down, and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Tuesday, the Canadian dollar was up 93 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3804. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 72.49 cents U.S. U.S. cash reference prices are lower midweek, with Western Corn Belt down $1.96, Iowa Southern Minnesota form at 83 cents lower, and National Base down by $1.52 U.S. 100 weight. U.S. cutout pricing is showing some softness developing as production ramps up, pressuring all the formula regions. The reason for this is that the earlier hoarding has subsided somewhat. Plants are ramping up production, and meat buyers don't have to bid as aggressively as they previously did. Supply and demand chains, however, are still very much disrupted, so market watchers should expect to see some regional meat shortages in the near term at the retail level and some choppiness in values. Lean hog futures continue to see follow-through interest this morning. Yesterday, the July contract briefly touched limit up levels during the session, but settled slightly lower than the daily limit at day's end. The reopening of plants in the U.S. is providing some of the support, as the pace is generally seen as being more rapid than earlier projections a few weeks ago and normalizing. Currently in Regina with partly cloudy skies at 17, that's 63 Fahrenheit. Today's outlook, partly cloudy, a high of 20 and windy. Coming up, the Resource Report. 
Now the resource report. The Saskatchewan government is welcoming a leading genomics company from Israel to the province. NR Gene is setting up an office in Saskatoon and results from a trade mission to Israel in 2018. NR Gene is a genomics AI company providing turnkey solutions to support agricultural research and breeding. NR Gene supplies some of the largest ag-based companies in the world with the computational tools needed to improve breeding of crop plants and farm animals. Energene's tools have been used by leading seed, farm chemical, and ag biotech companies, as well as influential research teams. Energene has been involved with the government of Saskatchewan since 2015 in efforts to boost wheat yields as well as other prairie crops. With this investment, Energene will recruit skilled geneticists and data scientists to their new office in Saskatoon. On the markets, Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading. A strength in the financial sector couldn't offset broad-based weakness on the Toronto Stock Exchange led by the materials sector. The TSX Composite Index was down 139 points at 15,008. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 166 points at 25,161. The Canadian dollar traded for 72.42 cents U.S. compared with an average of 72.44 cents U.S. on Tuesday. The July crude oil contract was down $1.80 at $32.55 per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming.